What's up, what it do, man? It's your boy, Dev the Gamer, aka Player One, the guy himself. And welcome to another episode of The Gamer's Den. If this is your first time here, this is the show where I go over video game news, tech news, and a little bit of everything else. And we start this thing off with a thing called Quick Hits. So today in Quick Hits, we have two articles to go through and video game realm, techie type realm, stuff like that. And for the main topic of today, we're gonna to be talking about YouTube and algorithms and stuff like that, but that's gonna be later on in the show. If you are new to this show, this show is done in a podcast type of form. So yes, I record this and it's going in podcast type of form. And this gets released on Rumble, YouTube, and Hideout TV as well. I've been slacking on Hideout TV just for the fact that um, they're not monetizing me over there for whatever reason, but I have developed a fan base over there and people over there. So I'll take the L on that. That's not especially my bad. So shout out to all, everybody that's over there. It's pretty much, you know, foreign over there. So shout out to all of y'all. Um, I have been uploading episodes over there. I'm going to keep uploading episodes over there as well. Um, every now and then I will upload an episode on YouTube. You know, just to be like, hey, don't forget, I do this. So it won't be consistently and consecutively this episode, the next episode, the next episode. It'll be this episode, maybe five episodes later, I'll throw another one up or something like that. And then on Rumble, obviously, you guys will get every episode every week, one or two episodes every week, per usual, as usual. And um, yeah, so if you want to support, make sure you hit the links in the description. You can buy merch, you can buy music, or you can donate directly to me. That will help keep this show going. Um, yeah, and with that being said, let's go ahead and get into it with quick hits. All right. Headline reads, Microsoft is removing emotion recognition features from its facial recognition tech. So I've this is a show about tech, obviously. And I've talked about facial recognition before. And the thing is, you may or may not notice now, but the fact of the matter is, facial recognition technology is already into play. So your Facebook, your Instagram, your Snapchat, pictures and videos. When you are doing filters on your phone, so the cat ears, the dog face, the stuff that everybody like to do, you that is facial recognition. That's facial recognition tech. So all of the stuff that you think racial, I say racial, Facial tech, uh, I might get them words mixed up. I'm also learning a, a new language, so excuse my my uh, my speech over the next few days or new episodes uh, because uh, I'm going to be learning a new language, so my speech is going to be all over the place. But um, yeah, you're already doing, it's already in place, so let's go ahead and get into it. When Microsoft announced last week it will remove several features from its facial recognition technology that deal with emotion, the head of its responsible artificial intelligence efforts included a warning. The science of emotion is far from settled. We have a quote, quote unquote, experts inside and outside the company have highlighted the lack of scientific consensus on the definition of emotions, the challenges and in how inferences generalize across use cases regions and demographics and the heightened privacy concerns around this type of capability uh okay okay out let's read some more microsoft's move which came as part of a broader announcement about its quote-unquote responsible ai standard initiative 
immediately became the most high profile example of a company moving away from emotion recognition AI, a relatively small piece of technology that has been the focus of intense criticism, particularly in the academic community. Emotion recognition technology typically relies on software to look at any number of qualities, facial expressions, tone of voice or word choice, in an effort to automatically detect emotional state. Many technology companies have released software that claims to be able to read, recognize, or measure emotions for use in business, education, and customer service. One such system claims to provide live analysis of the emotions of callers to customer service lines so that employees and call centers can alter their behavior accordingly. Another service tracks the emotions of students during classroom video calls so that teachers can measure their performance, interest, and engagement. So, um, yeah, just wanted to give some detail and read that. So this is, um, you know, I want to go back to up here, right? Where they said experts inside and outside the company have highlighted the lack of scientific consensus on the definition of emotions. That kind of doesn't sit right with me. Just in the fact that I think we all as the, the, the race of humans that we are, we know what emotions are. I just think not even think i know for a fact that people are trying to bend and manipulate emotions right and this is what people do on a daily basis women are masters of emotions so what they do is they use emotions and emotional tactics to get what they want whether it's sex food money whatever they use that in some cases some women more than others to get what they want men we do the same thing but when it comes to money not necessarily so just but as a general term, I think we all know what it is. But to try and break it down in the scientific realm, as far as this AI technology, I mean, it's kind of, um, you know, it's like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I can see how it's kind of hard and kind of not. But we're talking about artificial intelligence too, AI. So the fact that we have these AI machines, uh, the sentient Google AI that nobody's really going to talk about, um, the robots that they're making now with the facial expressions the the virtual thing like i talked about the previous episode or the one before that yeah so i mean i think we have a good understanding from the science side and all these different sides that want to mention what emotions is and how they want to use it as far as the classroom case and stuff like that i mean i could see that but at the same time even when kids were in class nobody paid attention so I don't want to hear or see, you know, oh, man, we need to blah, 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 blah. Nah, bro. Nah. Just just leave it alone. If you're going to stop messing with it, stop messing with it. You know, don't leave room for potential error if you're just going to scrap it all at once. But that's going to do it for that. So let's go ahead and move on to the next thing in Quick Hits. Once upon a time, it was my birthday. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy me something nice. I'm going to get me some clothes. I'm going to get me something leisure. I deserve it. It's my birthday. I worked hard that year. So I go to a Burlington Gold Factory. I purchased me some clothing items. And I was satisfied. I was happy with what I got. So what I, one of the things I purchased was a hoodie. And it had some aesthetic on it. You know, it was a nice style, nice swag. It was my speed to my personality, etc. But time would have it that another person in the city would grab that hoodie. That's when I realized and learned that I had influence. 
learned that I was a trendsetter, that people are really, really watching me. So what I decided to do, because I don't like when people take and steal swag, I'd rather I give you the swag, don't steal it. So what I decided to do was create my own. And from that point on, I've been going around and around and around making merch. I put out the first batch, the designs weren't that great. I put out the second batch, the designs were a little better. And now we here. Designs, top tier. You can get this Player One shirt. You can get the Gamers DN shirt. Plus many, many, many more designs. Player One Apparel stands for swag, style, intelligence, forward movement. That's what Player One Apparel stands for. That's what I stand for. So if that's for you, go ahead and buy some. So this next thing in quick hits, um, we having some video game news, you know? We having some video game news. We're gonna talk about cloud gaming for a little bit. This is going to be of very importance, of highly importance. If you go to some of my recent streams and videos, I may have talked about this, but let's go ahead and get into it. Headline reads, Google Stadia is preparing to support servers with NVIDIA GPUs. Now, before we get in this, I wanna preface this with, this is a rumor. Let's take this as a rumor because nothing is guaranteed. Google didn't officially come out and say, hey, this is what we're gonna do with our servers for Google Stadia or whatever else we're doing with our cloud technology. So you have a lot of these websites and people just pushing stuff out there and it may or may not be true. So as I do, I'm gonna preface things and let you guys know, take stuff with a grain of salt. We never know what's gonna go down. So let's get into it. Since its launch in 2019, Google Stadia and the immersive stream, stream for games service underlying it has been powered by custom built GPUs from AMD. Researchers have generally agreed that the servers for Stadia run on AMD's Radeon Pro V340 hardware or something closely approximating it. Based on information shared with us by a tipster, it seems Google may have plans for Stadia and Immersive Stream to support additional graphics hardware. The information comes from Stadia's modified version of the Linux kernel, which is required to be open source. In a code change from last month, we found Google has added a way for their automated builder, quote unquote in parentheses, Kokoro, to include the necessary drivers for NVIDIA GPUs. And in between here, it says, Add support to the Kokoro job script to generate a disk that contains the UMD, KMD, NVIDIA modules and corresponding support files required for instances that use a NVIDIA GPU. For now, there aren't any clues to what specific NVIDIA graphic card or cards may be coming to Stadia and Immersive Stream. While AMD has long offered open source GPU drivers for use with Linux devices, NVIDIA has only recently begun offering the same. So, um, Yes, yeah, so throughout this article, they go through a lot of more reasons and things of what may or may not be, why and why not. Um, this is important because when it comes to cloud gaming, you have a lot of different subscription models and a lot of different quote unquote platforms that do what Stadia does, right? They let you allow to stream games, you can play games, buy games, all of this stuff. 
And each one of these platforms, Luna, Stadia, GeForce Now, Shadow, anything that has uh, this type of functionality with playing and or accessing the internet, web, desktop, whatever, via the cloud, performance is going to vary on each platform. So you have some people or reports that say performance on um, xCloud doesn't do too well versus Luna or Stadia or this or that. It all varies. So with Stadia specifically, uh, like I mentioned to open this up, I, you know, talk to some people and I tell them all the time, Stadia is fine for the most part, you know, because when you talk about performance, you can't act like that you are or are not playing on the Wi-Fi. So if you play it on the Wi-Fi and you're talking about, oh, my, my, the game or the whole experience is just shit. Well, you are playing on Wi-Fi. What are your internet speeds? You know, you can't, you can't just be a fucking refrigerator door about this, right? You have, excuse the language for the sensitive ears, but you have to understand that the servers and the things they made, they are custom and they were made to withstand whatever they were made to withstand. Recently, and I've went over this on my show, not Stadia, Shadow has gotten a hardware upgrade for the most part. And not too long ago, Nvidia did up on GeForce Now the 3080 tier, or they came with the 3080 tier. I may or may not be wrong about that. But nonetheless, over a handful of time in the current span of time, they these platforms and the companies have been fortifying their platforms upgrading it as is and it's been two and a half maybe three years since stadia has been around and people are stadia needs this stadia needs that or some people think stadia is fine like me the only thing to end this that i think to end this segment that stadia needs is a hardware upgrade that's literally it like i really can't find any other issue i'm like there are issues but they're not like death defying detrimental to my gaming experience to the point where all right, I cannot play this game or I cannot access this platform in such an efficient, enjoyable way. No, hardware upgrade. Because if I'm doing everything on my end to ensure enjoyable experience, great gameplay, make content, do whatever I do, and I'm having issues, then y'all on y'all's end, Google, need to make sure whatever y'all got going on is fortified and ready to go because somebody like me, I'm heavy, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm heavy on my experience, I'm heavy on my playtime, I'm heavy on systems. I'm going to tax the system as much as it allows me and or I can get up out of it. That's why I need a new gaming laptop. <laughs> I need a new gaming laptop. I maxed and taxed this thing out to the point with Borderlands 3 to where, okay, I have to get a new one now. That way, when I download um, Borderlands 3 on the Epic Store and onto my hardware, it, it's on something that can actually handle that not this damn hp excuse the language for the sensitive ears but that's going to do it for quick hits appreciate you if you still here you made it to this point once again make sure you hit that like button and subscribe for more content as a whole don't forget all the links in the description you can buy music buy merch buy any and everything and or donate to me directly that way you can keep this show going because you enjoy this show so Let's get into the main topic.
this main topic is um this main topic is very very important right because i'm a content creator and i talk about youtube all the time and y'all know my stance on youtube from a content creator side of things obviously you want to watch videos watch to your heart's content i don't really give a damn but on the content creator side things is a little different these days and just anywhere and how the interwebs is today you either got to play the game or you got to figure out a way how to, to make this stuff work for you so let's go ahead and get into it headline reads mr beast explains youtube's algorithm so we're gonna be talking about the algorithm today like i said and the algorithm like i've already explained to you i've kind of i've been testing this youtube algorithm in my own ways here and there and i've been coming up with certain stuff so you know we all know oh well upload cat videos upload dog videos you know there's different methods to get monetized and stuff like that it's all kinds of stuff so we're gonna go over that type of stuff today and talk about that today so let's get into this article that first sentence is kind of butched so whatever the case may be we're just gonna skip that youtube's top earner in the u.s mr beast got on stage to talk to youtube's director of discovery todd about one of the biggest questions on creators minds how does the recommendation algorithm actually work quote unquote there's actually a bunch of monkeys in a room that a guy joked about addressing an audience of hundreds of okay skip all that that's not we don't care about that Creators are eager to crack the code for YouTube's recommendation engine. But if you ask Mr. Beast, whose real name is Jimmy Donaldson, bro, why, why they got your government out here? <laughs> Jimmy Donaldson, investing in short form video is a tangible way to improve your content game right now. Quote unquote, short form is here to stay and is only going to get bigger and bigger. If you're not doing it now, you should be. Both Todd and Donaldson were bullish on YouTube Shorts, the company's growing TikTok competitor. Even with 1.5 billion people watching YouTube short form videos, Todd said the company was only the quote unquote first, that was the, the yeah, it was only in the first inning with the product and encouraged creators to make both long form and short term, short, short, oh my God, I, I told y'all bro, I told y'all, I'm, I'm learning a new language, so I'm about to be butching a lot of stuff, short form content. Mr. Beast also emphasized that shorts are a way to direct money to a creator's primary channel, where they may upload more long-form content. YouTube's team is currently working on how to train the algorithm to differentiate between viewership habits on shorts versus standard YouTube uploads. So yeah, man, it's um so let's get into it, right? Let's get into it. This is good information to know because a few of what it's, it's what june july ish now something like that so a few months ago i came across the same advice right where you should uh, be doing shorts and long form content at the same time to have people grab and gravitate to your content it wasn't mr beast or anybody who said this it was somebody else so and, uh, and it was actually a, a post they made like a little status post or whatever on youtube and i was like you know what let me try that and i tried that and i did see and find a lot of engagement on my channel i did get some subscribers on my channel so it is a viable way and it is and it's great it's probably one of the main ways right so the algorithm today is not only based on what we read here but it's also based on attention span 
we know shorts and TikTok is anywhere from 15 seconds to one minute. So now you got people watching 15 seconds to one minute over and over and over 30 times over, which would make 30 minutes. They just be sitting here watching one minute. Sounds crazy, right? Because it is. But if you want to become successful and be a YouTuber, which most people do, right? Most people want to be somebody they never were on these interwebs. They want to be somebody because they learning that somebody like a Mr. Beast is making millions of dollars. They learning that people like Ninja are making millions of dollars. They learned that people like, you know, just these high notable people or people who are finding notoriety and fame are making money and way more than a regular nine to five. So I'm not mad at anybody or upset. I really don't give a damn that people finding a whole nother interest and want to do something that's going to pay them more than their job is but it's a few things it's layers right so let's start with one of them one of uh an important layer everybody can't be rich who's gonna clean the bathroom because if everybody is rich everybody can afford to pay somebody to clean the bathroom therefore you wouldn't do it right and also, if everybody could do it, that means we have a whole extra another problem. Like a problem will never be solved if everything is one sided. You see what I'm saying? So if you have dreams of becoming a YouTuber, a social media star on the interwebs, uh, you you going to come across a lot of heartache and pain because this may not be for you in the long term. You know what I'm saying? You know, from personal experience, I mean, I can do this. I've been making stuff on and off for 10 plus years you know and i'm gonna make a video uh documenting some of my contributions to the world and my impact you know coming up very soon so you know i've always I, i've rarely if i had to say i mean i've made thousands of dollars nonetheless off of content and just me being on the interwebs so it's not that it hasn't been fruitful it's just i do not have the stability to do what I need to do or how I want to do these things, how I need to do them. So therefore, as the chosen one and one of the most important pieces on the chessboard, I go through the shit because, well, the forces know that as well. Now, I might sound a little cuckoo to you, but that's currently fine. I'll take that. Um, you know, so you have that and you have the thing of you have to play the game. That's another layer playing the game. YouTube, they require you to have 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 watch time hours. I know that there's a method of getting 1,000 subscribers, which is converting your Instagram followers to subscribers, which is cool. But then now you have to get them to watch 4,000 hours worth of your shit. Excuse my language for the sensitive ears. That might be the difficult thing to do. So this is where short form content come in. And like I said, put out the short form content because now you have a smaller attention span you get your point across very quick and what happens is it gets watched 30 times over 30 times over so 1000 views you see what i'm saying you see how that work so this is why people you might see somebody on the on the interwebs on any of these social medias convert all this stuff from tiktok to youtube instagram to youtube whatever and then they get monetized quick quick quickly in less than a month in a month less than two months less than three months because they're making short form content is hitting and on top of that um hopefully i was still going i just had a in a, a, a thing on my i just had a uh yeah i just had a notification um anyway 
you know, is hitting, so they get monetized, which is cool. And that's just the thing with the algorithm, man. You know, YouTube, obviously, they and like I said in the article as well, long-form content will as well, but your long-form content has to hit. So this show in itself is long-form content, anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, you know, sometimes even longer. But people don't fuck with me. Y'all don't fuck with me, and I don't give a damn. Y'all don't fuck with me. So therefore, my shit is not getting watched. Point blank period. I, I get my couple views on it or whatever the case. Now, granted, this is on... Some of this is on YouTube, some of it is on Hideout, some of it is on Rumble. So yeah, if you put all that stuff together, okay, great, I got this much views, this much, this much, this much. But because I mainly put this up on Rumble, this video will get monetized and y'all won't even fuck with it, y'all won't share it because, well, y'all NPCs, y'all plugged up and y'all scared, which is cool, which is fine. So I'm gonna keep pushing what I push because when I'm dead and gone, all my shit is gonna blow. And if it ain't, it's cause, well, they suppressing my shit. You know, see, you see how I'm talking, bro? They don't want this. Anyway, you know, so it's a lot of things to go into the YouTube algorithm. So when you're talking about the algorithm, the YouTube algorithm, you know, it's, it's genres, it's topics, it's things that's hot button that will get you clicks. Do I know how to play the game? Yes. Do you have to manipulate it? Yes. At the end of the day, in today's day and age, morality is gone. So if you think you can put up good, clean, wholesome content, guess what? You're going to have a rough time, buddy. You're going to have to finesse and juke and jib everybody like everybody else. Because that's the only way to play the game. Everybody, they money hungry and they want their money. Your attention is currency now, so you're going to have to play the game. I don't know what else to tell you. It's just what it is. So with that being said... That's going to be it for this episode of The Gamers Den. Appreciate everybody who came to this episode and you watched it. Once again, if you knew, do this podcast format. So I'm going to just talk. Go ahead, get it out the way, you know, all that. Make sure you hit the links in the description. Buy merch, buy music. Donate directly to keep this show going. And with that being said, I'm going to catch y'all next time, man. Gone.